And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And friends, I got to tell you, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, but Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io or click the link in the show notes to learn more. Today we have with us, friends, a founder that... I've heard a lot about, we haven't had like a whole lot of connection time yet, but I'm really excited to dig into her business and her business model because I, I believe that it is truly innovative in an industry that sometimes could use a little bit of innovation. We have with us today, Ruth Schroner, founder and CEO of Posh on the Go. Ruth, welcome to Start a Puzzle. Hi, how are you? Fabulous. And very, very <laughs> excited to see you. I think we did we organize this when we had coffee like just a few weeks ago. Is that right? We didn't. It was actually after, but I was, was I was like, oh good, that'll be fun. Well, at any rate, like you, you've been on my my radar and my my agenda for quite some time, and I'm really, really excited to get into this with you. So I'm gonna ask you the perennial question. Ruth, tell us about your journey. Yes, I would love to. So I'm actually, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a backstory that uh, kind of led me up to um, launching Posh on the Go, my now tech startup company. But so I'm, I'm a Kansas girl, grew up in a really small town of 500 people. I like to bring that up um, because, you know, it, it plays a lot into my story and the mindset work I've done in regards to launching a tech startup and how I reframe that to get here. But small town girl. I actually went to college to become a teacher. I was a teacher for a few years. I went back and got my master's degree in instructional design and technology. Um, and I just planned on, you know, maybe being a CLO of a company someday. I've always been very driven. I like to work hard. I like to be a leader. And so that was my plan. I was going to just work my way up the ladder and be a chief learning officer someday for another company. However, I always kind of had that entrepreneur entrepreneurial bug as well. Um, ever since I was a little kid, you know, you always hear I was making like clay crosses and we were selling them to the Bible bookstore down the road. That was like my first little business. So oh, wow, I've always had that bug. Um, and I think a lot of founders say that, right? Like they've always had that, 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 uh, uh, just drive to build something of their own. And so I was always playing with different ideas, things like that. But in 2014, I was working as an instructional technologist, and um, at the time, my husband and I, my husband was a resident for equine surgery in North Carolina, um, and honestly, he had no salary. We had a ton of student loan debt, and so I was just looking for a part-time gig to make a little extra money to pay off some of our student loan debt, which led me to this opportunity to essentially sell a health and fitness company's um, workouts online and nutrition plans. And I wanted to get fit anyways. I was like, let's just see what happens. And, you know, maybe I'll earn a few 
a few hundred bucks. That's like the, the entrepreneurial way. Like, let's see what happens. <laughs> I, I was love like, that. Let's, let's just make some workout videos and see how it goes. And, you know, um, one thing that I, so I, I, I started that in 2014 and, um, one thing that I heard very early on when I partnered with that company, because I had a company mentor, and it was that success leaves clues. And I really, to this day, I still lean into it. What do successful people do? How are they acting? How do they, you know, stand? How do they speak? How do they walk into the room? How are they posting on social media? Um, not because I want to be like them, but I want to, I want to emulate that confidence and that respect and, um, you know, learn truly to like, how did they do? How did they get to where they're at? They're all kind of doing the same things, right? And the biggest thing I solve is the mindset work that a lot of entrepreneurs do um, to really stay afloat mentally, let's say, even above financially. Um, and so that business, I always like to say like I was an entrepreneur in that business because I wasn't building my own company. I wasn't building my own product, um, but I was building my own brand online. And I had the support of a national wellness brand and a community there to lean into in regards to learning um, social media marketing, um, sales copy, sales funnels, all of these things that I hadn't been introduced to before. So that really allowed me to learn some sales strategies that I hadn't been aware of before. Um, but more so, it helped me become confident in who I was as a person. At the time, I was 27. Um, and growing up, I will tell you, like... I had a glass ceiling. I was like, well, people from my small town, we, they don't do these things, right? You, mm -hmm. It's very normal. We become what we see as children. And so like my parents didn't go to college, didn't come from money, nothing like that. And so in my head, I was like, teacher, I'm going to be a teacher. It took me years to even get my master's because I was, I was scared I wasn't smart enough to do it. I didn't have the brains. I wasn't one of those people who was good enough to get a master's degree. And so I had all this fear and doubt. Um, that I was walking around with in 2014 as an entrepreneur for this company and doing mindset work, reading professional development, personal development books um, really helped to expand my mind, build confidence in who I am and have a glow up. I like to say a glow up that is internal, which is the yeah. most powerful glow up you can have. I know we see online, you know, the glow up of the body, but you know, your body is going to go away and, um, it's, it's in here, whatever is in here, people cannot take from you. And so it's the glow up of the mind that um, really changed my life. And in that, I built my first um, business as an entrepreneur, 1099 contractor, and, you know, have sales of tens of millions of dollars and have built a multi-million dollar business in that realm. Um, and then in 2021, after, um, so in 2021, after um, having this online brand that I'd been building, I was also helping other women learn online marketing, social media marketing, um, and doing a lot of public speaking. And I'd travel for those engagements. And so with that, I was in Florida hosting a conference for business women. And um, that's when I needed, like I had two hours on Saturday. I just wanted to sit and check my email because I've been running like crazy all week. Sure. And so I wanted to just check my email but I had very long hair at the time. So I wanted to get it washed so I could check my email. I called the spa. No one was there, uh, wasn't available. So I spent 30 minutes online on Google, 20 minutes in the Uber to a dry bar, 20 minutes back. And I'm like, why, why isn't this 
a thing? Why can't I just get on my phone and order salon and spa services to come to me anytime, anywhere? That was the epiphany. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That so, was it. Well, so what, what came of that epiphany then? It's funny. I text my best friend in the Uber ride saying like, why isn't this a thing? Why can't I just order it? Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I sat in the chair at the dry bar, picking the, the hairstylist brain about like all of, all of the world of the beauty industry, like drilling down and just like, I was like immediately go. Right. And, um, I came back to Kansas. I called my now CTO, but a longtime friend who is a software and computer developer called him. I talked to him about it. And he kind of gave me a quote. Here's what it's going to take to build. You need to think two to three times more to market this app, though. You mm-hmm. don't just make an app and it poof, it goes off, right? Um, and I was like, cool. That was a great and fun idea for a minute. I'm actually real good financially. I'm real good with my other business. I have, I think at the time my twins were two. Um, I was like, yeah, I don't need any of this. Like, meh, I'm good. Yeah. We're going to just... You don't have to pursue every single good idea, you know, is that kind of where you were at? Like, it's a great idea, but at the same time, like that doesn't mean that it's for me, right? (laughs) A million percent, a million percent. And it was totally out of my wheelhouse. Like I am not in the beauty industry. I am not a developer or a tech startup, you know, like I'm not these, these things. This is not me. Right. Like, yeah. And so I was like, no, I don't, I don't belong here. I can't do it. Um, and I, I left it at that and walked away, but then I couldn't stop thinking about it for the next six months. Oh, was it like obsessive? Like you would wake up at three in the morning and be like, here's an idea. Or this is something we could do. Is that what kind of what it was like for you? Kind of. And actually this is going to sound so cliche and corny, but this is the truth of it. Ah, it's so cliche and corny. Let's hear um, it. I want to hear it. I love it. Really Bring it on. Well. <laughs> so at this time, um, I was kind of like looking for my next thing. Like I, this, my first business was amazing, but I was ready to grow and expand. Like, how did I want to do that? Where was I going to take, you know, my career? And um, I ended up going to a Tony Robbins conference in November of 2021. And I went there thinking, okay, you know, I have this online business, this online presence. I have been coaching women in business for 10 years now. This is the way I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to go to Tony Robbins, get some clarity on kind of like how I want to do this. You know, like that's what I went into that conference thinking. And there was a moment there where like everything shifted. I wasn't even thinking about Posh on the Go, my now tech startup. I, I was not going there because I was thinking about doing it, but it just hit me. Like I just knew, I don't, I don't know. That sounds so cliche and corny and weird, but I was like, this is, it is Posh on the Go that I'm supposed to build um, yeah. and bring to life. And Um, and it really, it was because I think in that conference, I, I, it just dawned on me like the why behind the company. Yeah. Behind Posh on the Go. What what is, what is the why? Like the foundational fundamental thing that gets you up in the morning? Cause we're going to talk about Posh on the Go and what it does, but I want to know, you know, what spoke to you so much about this idea? What's the, the foundational why? Yes. Um, so I love 
seeing women become empowered in their careers, in their finances, in their lives, in their bodies, whatever realm. Like I love to see women step into their greatness, whatever area of their life that is. Like that is my passion. That is my driving purpose, right? Um, That is what I live for. It's that teacher in me combined with like the transformation I've had in my own life of being, you know, when I started my health and fitness business in 2014, I was insecure. I was terrified. I was scared. I was also broke as a joke. Insert this wellness brand that had a great community that offered me an awesome compensation plan. Yeah. That all changed my life. Um, It changed me mentally, physically, financially, and, you know, just as a, as a competent woman. And so with Poshed, everything changed when I saw the difference that we could enter into the market with. And that would be to kind of take all of those things that wellness brand gave me and create that same concept within Poshed to help the beauty industry professionals earn more money, step into their power, learn business marketing, you know, learn sales, all of these things. Because if you think about the beauty industry, typically, um, you know, it's younger females who are getting their cosmetology degree by the time they're, you know, 21, but they've never had any business training. They've never had any social media training, right? They have the technical training, but there's this other piece that they're missing. And there are competitors out there that do what Posh does. However, they do it very differently. And that's where I saw that we could come in and make a difference and have a different type of business model that allows beauty professionals to earn more money, have a better and free lifestyle while also joining a community that will uplift and empower them. And that's when I saw that piece of posh, I couldn't walk away. I was stuck. Yeah. I was like, damn it. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to have this risk. <laughs> so I do, I do want to just highlight the fact that like, not so not only are you empowering these beauty professionals, but you are also empower, you're, you're making it easier for women who are the consumers of these beauty and wellness. They like, you're making it possible for them to empower themselves because for so many of us, I mean, think about it. Like, I love it when I have a fresh haircut and I don't have the roots showing in my hair. Like when I have a fresh, you know, manicure, I'm shaking my fingers here for everybody. Like I, I love feeling that, but it's not convenient. It takes time and it's expense. And, and, and so you're removing some of those barriers to potential customers. You know, if I want to feel good and strong about myself, but it's easier, maybe I have kids, maybe, you know, I I don't want to find a a babysitter. Maybe I don't have, I can't take time out of my workday significantly, but I can kind of keep an eye on the chats while somebody is like, filling in these pesky roots that are just the plague of my existence. Like, so you're you're empowering on both sides because the fact is the health and wellness industry, especially for women, a huge part of it is that empowerment piece, Mm -hmm. like making sure that we feel good about ourselves and that the way that we reflect, we reflect who we are and how we present ourselves to the world. And for a lot of us, that entails beauty and wellness services. <laughs> like Absolutely. we need a little bit of help to get there. You know, very few of us just roll out of bed and we're like, Oh, we're done. We're good. <laughs> Welcome to the day. You know? So, so I, I love that you're empowering the consumers as well, but take us through exactly what Posh on the go is. Yes. So Posh on the go is the technology platform. So we have a mobile app. It's in Android and iOS, and it is the marketplace where Clients who want on-location salon and spa services can shop and book 
for beauty professionals to come to them and provide that service. So we house the technology and we uh, connect. We're like the matchmaker of the at-home client or maybe it's at-hotel client and that beauty pro to get them to, to get together so they can come and book through our app to have that experience. And so you're offering, mani- like, or I guess your providers are offering manicures, pedicures. What other services are available? Yeah, we do um, hair, makeup, manicures, pedicures, facials, massage, events, you know, you know, bridal shower, bachelorette, all the things. I know we're at, we're actually, so just full disclosure, Ruth and I have talked about a, an Innovate Her KC event, by the way, just throwing that out there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like just convenience around beauty and wellness. And I love it. Now, you said something, you, you've actually kind of alluded to this several times. And I think one of the things that most impresses me about you as an entrepreneur is that you, you started from humble beginnings, small town, mm-hmm. not a lot of money around. You thought you were going to be a teacher. And then all of a sudden, maybe not, it's not even all of a sudden, but to me on the outside looking in, it's like you suddenly go from these humble beginnings and then you kind of grow through your, your coaching and your wellness. You learn until you find your purpose, which is poshed. But Along the way, I imagine, and you've even you've even kind of said it, you know, you had to tackle some pretty significant demons on the inside. Like let's let's talk a little bit about that. You know, that imposter syndrome. You know, you're a you're a technical founder, but you're not a technical person, you know? And and so talk talk us through what that felt like in the beginning. Like how were you, how were you feeling? How were you sensing um you didn't know what you didn't know. What did what did that feel like? Oh man! So I decided to do the. You know, I decided to pursue posh in November, and I honestly, in my head, I'm like, I am batshit crazy. What well, am yeah. I thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have to, right? <laughs> and I, you know, I would be like, yes, I'm going to do this, and then I would turn around two seconds later, and I'd be like who, who do I think I am? Why do I think I could do this? Like, you're so out of your element. You're out of your realm, like stay in your lane. And it was like, truly, um, I like to call her Regina, the little devil, the little a-hole inside of me. Regina. Okay. Yeah. Is she like the wicked queen from, uh, what's that show? Once upon a time. (laughs) She really is. Yeah. Um, and so they say to like disassociate those negative self thoughts, right. By naming them. So that way you'd be like, well, that's just Regina. Go away, Regina's Regina. popping up again. Regina, you're not wanted here. And she, <laughs> she still likes to pop up. She still exists. Um, but so I really had to be conscious of those thoughts and like mentally coach myself, um, through it. And prior to this, I, I was an open book on social media And so I was always sharing everything about my life. When I decided to do this, I remember telling my audience and then I went silent for six weeks about it. Like I didn't bring it up again for six weeks because I was like terrified in the back, like trying to find that courage. Um, And I think it's James, James Clear, his book, Atomic Habits. He talks about, you know, when you have a goal, whether that is health and (laughs) You got it. There you go. I just totally, I I had the book like right behind me. So I'm flashing it to Ruth. I love that book. (laughs) But he talks about, you know, if you're going towards a goal, 
Um, and if you've read this book, I might butcher it. So forgive me. But if you're going towards a goal, think about like, who is the person who's accomplished that goal? What do they do? How do they think? What are their habits? And so I, I started to like coach myself through this idea of like, okay, I am now a tech startup founder. I am. And I started telling myself that even though it felt like a lie, it felt like, who do you think you are? Go back to your space. I like forcefully had to keep saying to myself, like, I'm a tech startup founder. I have founded this company, Posh on the Go. We are creating a mobile app. You know, this was before we had anything, right? And so, yeah. um, and it felt like I was a big liar, right? Like I was like, oh, who do I think I am? And I just, it, day after day, I just had to keep coaching myself, looking in the mirror and saying these things. And even when I didn't feel authentic, which I think is hard because I'm a very authentic individual, um, I would have to push through until it just became my kind of new identity or an add on of my current identity. I don't like to say yeah. new, but like in addition to it was, like, it was always am. there, but you were, you were better able to bring it out. Yes. <laughs> well, so, so I've actually shared this story on startup hustle before, but you know, when I first founded innovate her KC for the longest time. So I, I had decided that I wanted my title to be CEO, most impact organizations. The title is executive director. But I was like, I want to be CEO because I never want to forget that even though this is an, an impact enterprise, we still want to make money. <laughs> and so I was trying, I was like, we're going to, we're going to marry impact, you know, charitable nonprofit organizations. We're going to mimic some of that. And we're going to mimic some of the for-profit things that I see, but I want to be a CEO. But then I gave myself the title and then for like months afterward, I would introduce myself and I would be like, Hey, I'm Lauren. I'm founder and CEO. Like I didn't want to share because it felt so braggy yes. to say CEO. And I was like, this is a reality of my existence. Like it's not, it's not even a brag. I'm not saying, aren't I a ama I'm an amazing CEO. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. doing that, but it just felt so disconnected from who I had been previously. And like, I, I, like my mind had to catch up and be like, no, you're a CEO. Dang it. Yep. And it's okay to tell people that like, it's okay to share that with people. And, and so I totally get that. Um, what are, so, so you've kind of talked to, like you had to talk your through, way through and it, from what I'm hearing, it kind of sounds like a fake it till you make it thing to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Like if you keep telling yourself things often enough, eventually you're going to start to believe it. But what are, what are some other ways? Cause like, as you're talking, I just hope you know that like, I, your experience resonates within me so much. Cause I'm like, me too, girl, me too. Uh, but what are some other things that you were able to do to kind of counteract that, that self doubt? Cause I, I don't know if you know this, but seven in 10 adults will experience imposter syndrome at some point in their career. That's significant. And I will also say that I do believe that there are studies out there that reflect that women do tend to feel imposter. So I'm not saying that men don't, don't at me. Men absolutely do. And that's okay. Uh, but women tend to feel imposter syndrome more acutely and more often in our career paths. So talk to us a little bit about that. What are, what are some other mechanisms that people can do? Yes. Yeah, so um, with my first business, I was treated to this um, trip to France with the other top 10 salespeople in the company. And so these were all like upper, upper echelon. Like I had watched these women for years, like, and I was like the new person. And I remember being there feeling kind of like, 
almost like a out, like, why am I here with these amazing people that I've been watching for years? And how am I here? That imposter syndrome creep, creeping back in. And um, something I realized on that trip, because I was now on a trip with all of my, you know, idols, people I looked up to. And something I realized on that trip is all of these, and it was all women, all these women who are very successful operating multi-million dollar companies, um, they all had the same insecurity and doubts as every other person in the world. They all woke up a hot mess express. They all had moments when they felt like I can't do it or they were breaking down and crying or having that panic attack, right? Yeah. And so I just started to tell myself, like, imagine your idols ugly. <laughs> Sounds very <laughs> weird. Imagine your idols ugly. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Well, just so you know, friends, another thing that I love, I, I love Full Scale. They are the producers of Startup Hustle, huge fan. And just so you know, with Full Scale, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Full Scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. So we were talking with Ruth Schroner, founder and CEO of Posh on the Go, but really what we're talking about is imposter syndrome and we're talking about overcoming self-doubt. And I find this, it's such a fascinating topic, but Ruth, you have done some significant internal work to become a leader. And I mean, again, it's one of those things where I feel like it was probably always in you but now you're acknowledging it a little more? Do you feel like you're able to acknowledge it more fully? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, so talk to us talk to us about the technical aspect. So Posh is a, a tech tool. It's a tech platform. Are you a developer? I don't believe you're a developer. No. I you're not a developer at all. Um, so when you're talking to your development team as they're putting together this, this very technical product based around a very real uh, need within the beauty and wellness industry, talk to us about, about that. What was that experience like? Kind of, did you have the vision in your head and you were able to communicate it to your developers? Did your developers kind of help you along the way? Like, this is possible. What did that process look like? Yeah, so I, I do have the instructional technology and design background. So I did come in with a UI UX, like a very basic level of UI UX um, design, things like that. And so I came in kind of knowing how I wanted it to look and feel. Um, and then in regards to the actual build out of it, you know, I just had to communicate that. And so with that, so we hired a software development company um, to develop the MVP of our app. And it was challenging. Like it was very yeah. challenging to communicate what I wanted from the UX, UI UX design, right? And then have them pop that out. So much so that I ended up like going to like Figma and looking at different examples there, then taking it to Canva, reworking it on Canva and being like, here's what I want this to look like. Yeah. Um, and then they would pop back, you know, whatever their build out of that was. Yeah. I mean, and that can be quite a process. So we, at, along the way, as you were trying to figure out the functionality of the tool, did you, were you asking for customer feedback or future customer feedback to get that MVP to market? How, what, what were you using? Was it your own kind of internal compass or North Star? Like, this is what I want it to be? Or were you soliciting feedback from others around you, potential users, the, the beauty professionals that you might employ, the customers that might use those services? What did that look like? 
Yeah. So we looked at number one, um, our competitors and what they were doing, the things that we loved about it, the things that we didn't love about it and kind of started there because again, someone else has already kind of paved this path, but okay. How can we learn from what they do? Looking at all of their reviews online, like what are their customers saying about their app? What are their customers not like? And so kind of like learning from that. We also had um, an, a beauty professional consultant at the time helping us through this as well in regards to the the beauty professional experience on the flip side of this um, to build that out. And so that's kind of how we started. And it was honestly, it was just so early on in regards to having something workable that um, that is where we started to just get the basic basic functionality. Yeah. Well, and do you think that like if you had to do it over again, do you have any part of the process or any part of the the functionality of the tool that you would change? <laughs> do I? That that expression, like, I'm just like, oh, buckle up, here we go. It's gonna be good stuff. <laughs> do I? Uh, you you should have like... seen that face. It was just like so many. You could just see like a million thoughts just come together in her head and like bust into each other. It was awesome. <laughs> mm. Yes. Okay. So the biggest things, the biggest mistakes that I've made and things I wish I could do over there are uh, first and foremost, number one, I would have, um, I would have taken the concepts, right. And made it work with like a third party tool that's out there, out there on the market already. And so yeah. I would have launched the concept of bringing uh, beauty pros on location so much sooner than we actually did. Um, because we thought we had to have this app, right? Live and learn. Um, yeah, you thought that it had to be proprietary. You thought that you had to have control. Is that kind of yeah. why you went that way? Yeah. I don't know what I thought. I think, I, I think part of my, like both a strength and weakness of mine that I'm learning to hone is go big or go home. And that yeah. is not the way to do it as a tech startup founder period. I would never do it like that again. Okay. So if anyone else. Okay. How, how would you, wait, wait, wait. So this is actually really, really re relevant to a lot of our audience. Like as a tech founder, rather than go big or go home, what would you do moving yeah. forward? <laughs> so in February of 2022, when we, no, 23 now this year, <laughs> 23, it okay, is 2023. So I know that since the pandemic time has no meaning for any of us, but it is 2023. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> So this was 14 months into developing our app and um, we still did not have an app 14 months later after they told us six months, right? And then any grant competition or any funding I was trying to get, they wanted to see actual revenue. And right. so in February, we're like, you know what, let's just on our website, kind of like manually, which we use Wix in the background, we're still like old school like that. It's, it's on the list. Okay. Um, but we used um, that to just open these on-location bookings and to start being able to accommodate these just through a website functionality. That's what I, I would have done that a year ago. I, I don't know. Like, I just didn't know. I didn't think about it. I don't know. There were so many other moving. I mean, there's so many moving pieces to a company, right? Um, but that's what I would have done to start with is just validate the concept 
through, you know, some simple something that's out there there that already exists. Yeah. Period. White label it. Don't even worry about it. Let's just see if this is like, it's, it's kind of your proof of concept. Proof of concept becomes before MVP. Yes. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That is my biggest mistake. Well, so, well, and the thing is like, I personally view mistakes, quote unquote, uh, as they're learning opportunities, Mm -hmm. but every time, so I, and and actually that's how I view other people. (laughs) But when I make a mistake, I'm just like, Oh, it's a fuck up. (laughs) You fucked up, you know? And so, so did, did having kind of struggles or kind of second guessing yourself, like, did that contribute to additional feelings of self-doubt and kind of worrying about what was coming down the pipeline? Um, I think, you know, like, I do think one area that I excel in now is that the mindset of grit and perseverance. And once I kind of overcame the initial hurdle of like the imposter syndrome of building this tech startup company, once I got over that hump, everything else I I know is just par for the course, right? We're going to have lulls. We're going to make mistakes. People are not going to like us. People are going to love us. Right. And so I, I, that didn't impact me beyond that. It just cost me a shit ton of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Okay. Well, and I mean, even understand it, like, all right, entrepreneurs, founders, y'all, y'all know this. Like, actually, if you don't know this, let me just tell you right now, you are going to fuck up (laughs) on this journey. I promise. Like, there's no way that that is not going to happen. And that is not a judgment on you. That is not a judgment on your company. But the thing that becomes most crucial is how do you move on? What do you do after the fuck up? That's what really counts. And so for Ruth here, like you got back up on the horse. You were like, hey, probably shouldn't have done it this way, but we're going to continue on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So so talk to us about the future for Posh on the Go. You know, you've, you now have a tech product. I know you've got customers. You're booking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. So, yeah. So talk to us about what the future holds. So we launched in July of this year, and I like to say like soft launched, um, you know, I, I always struggle still with the terms of like, what is the beta? What is the soft launch? Like, where does this qualify? You know, um, but I, so I we, don't actually know that we all know either. Like we <laughs> have some moving. kind of ephemeral idea out of there, but we're just like fancy words. Let's use them. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so in July, we went fully live, um, fully sharing everything. So we're on iOS, we're on Android, and we are booking appointments on location. And so we have our posh crew of providers, and then we have our on location clients and anyone can get on the app and um, download. And so we are learning a lot right now. Let's see, it's the end of September. We are learning so much um, these past like two, three months of being for real live. Um, And we are just pivoting. We're always learning from our customers and trying to make sure that we're giving the best experience possible um, to our at-home clients and then also offering the beauty professional the best opportunity possible as well. So that's where we're currently at. And um, you, you asked about the future. I'm like, you're like, I don't know. I'm really excited that we're just open today. <laughs> I know, I know that feeling too. So, so what are what's the feedback that you're getting from the the beauty professionals that you've been working with? What do they think of Posh on the Go? They love our community. They love the concept, um, and I think that's something that I'm very proud of. Is they know that we're here to serve them, um, and they 
they feel that and they know that yeah. and once they talk to us and feel our heart, they're like, this is an awesome company um, that they want to be part of. So it's been great feedback from them. And then, yeah. So one of the things that I, I think that I love most about Posh on the Go, because I'm, I'm aware, like there, there are other similar services. They're not going to be like identical, but there are similar services out there. But one of the things that I love that you do is, um, you actually center the experiences of the prof- the beauty professionals that you're serving. Like that's actually, I've asked you this question multiple times in different forms as we've met. And you always talk about the professionals. You center their experiences because if you create a compelling, useful, relevant product for them, mm-hmm. then that happiness and that ease translates to customers. Happy, ha- wait, it, it's like, what's the phrase? Happy wife, happy life. And it's like, happy estheticians, happy life. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so like, I love that because so often, like when you see adjacent businesses or businesses within the, everybody's all about the, the end user, the customer, mm-hmm. you're actually about the provider. And I love that. Like you kind of tailor your usefulness and you tailor the functionality around them. Would you, would you agree with that? It's, it's something that I think I've noticed on the outside looking in, but would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They're helping, you know, we're getting all of their feedback on the functionality of our platform, what we could add, things for the future thing, you know, all of those things. And then just our community in general. With that being said, though, we, and this is something we're working right now on is we do want to make sure that we provide an elevated experience to the at-home client as well. And so, you know, how do we create that consistency amongst a, a, a crew of independent contractors, right? But how do we make sure every single time we're, um, providing a service and a treatment that goes beyond expectations for our at-home client. And they really feel like this was the best. I don't want to ever do it any other way. Um, So yes, I would say absolutely our pros lead the way, um, but our brand and what we stand for for the at-home client is very important to us as well to make sure we build that. Absolutely, yeah. The two are not mutually exclusive. I was not. I I didn't want to imply that like the end user doesn't have a fabulous experience, but I actually I'm one of those people who happens to believe that if you if you give a good experience to your employees, they trickle that down, they pass that along to to your customers, and so I, I this is really just kind of an extension of that. Like you're giving a really good, again, useful and relevant experience, you know, help, help these, uh, these providers build out their portfolios, help them make more money, help them do it in ethical and compliant ways so that Mm -hmm. they're not just, you know, hanging out in the wind out there. Um, so, so I love that, but I also know that, you're, that is going to translate into great service for your customers because you have a team of people who are invested not just in their own careers, but in the success of Posh on the Go, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, like I mean, I can't I genuinely can't wait. Like I I already feel like if somebody were to come to my house and wash my hair and do my roots when I need it rather than yeah. when it is convenient for me to go somewhere, <laughs> like Already, that's an elevated experience for me. I am already so over the moon happy. I can't express how ecstatic I am (laughs) that I did not have to get out of the house and go do all of the inconvenient things. Like it was convenient for me. So don't even worry about that elevated experience. 
So I'm I mean, ask- in reality, you can just be getting your roots done right now during this podcast. Right, we could just be chatting, and I would just be like, like, you don't, you don't mind if I like, you know, do this thing, right? <laughs> I did take a Zoom call, and I was getting a pedicure during that Zoom call the entire See, time. See, I couldn't do that because my feet are extremely ticklish, and so I always have to forewarn the person giving me a pedicure. I'm like, look, here's the deal: it's not you, it's not me, or no, it's me, it's not you. You're not hurting me, but I will be laughing and like my feet will be jumping. I'm sorry. I will not kick you in the face, but you're going to worry about it. <laughs> so I cannot I do that, that, but I can definitely get my roots done. <laughs> there you go. Well, so, so I want to ask you, we've, we've come up upon the human question and I'm going to be totally honest. I don't really have one picked. Uh, okay. All right. I'm going to ask you, would you rather stay in or go out on a Friday night? And then I have a follow-up. Oh, that's so hard. I know, it right? It depends. Like, what was the week? I don't know. Is it sunny out? Is it snowy? It has been a long week, but it hasn't been like a, a horrible week. You know, you've been busy all throughout the days. And I think the weather is, uh, the weather is nice. It's going to be like fall time weather, crisp and cool. What do you think? Okay, I want to do like a happy hour. I want to do a happy hour on a patio on that Friday. But if I go home, I'm staying home most likely. So like, okay. you got to get me there. I mean, I am home all the time anyways. But <laughs> let's pretend. That's okay, too. <laughs> do you have a favorite place where you like to go for happy hour in the Casey oh, area? Man. Gosh, I don't actually do too many happy hours anymore. Oh, I'm I mean, so it, that, that is allowed. Like, I mean, you could just be like, eh, screw it. I'm just staying home. And I would be like, yeah, that's fine, too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the person to ask that question to. Not that hip. All right. Well, so, so I, f- I feel like, well, and you've got, you've got twin babies, right? Four? They're four. They four? They're yeah. four. Whew. Okay. Whew. I remembered. Uh, <laughs> so, so they're four years old and I imagine that they take up a lot of your time. What, do, what did they think of, of mom's entrepreneurial journey? You know what I'm annoyed about? So my husband is a veterinarian. Yeah. And for some reason, they like know dad's a veterinarian and like they're excited about that, but like they don't get what I do. And they're like, yeah. eh, what? I'm like, what is someday? Someday they will. Someday they're going to think it's the coolest damn thing and they're going to be so impressed by you. But yeah, like you, you tell half of the little kids out there, like, entrepreneur, and they're like, what's that? Are you a space yeah. man? Like, no, <laughs> that's not exactly. what that means. <laughs> but they're like, I want to be, I want to be a vet like daddy. I'm like, cool. Great. <laughs> That'll change though. Like I have all the faith in the world that as their vocabulary builds and they start to understand that there's this thing called business out there and you're the leader of all of it. Once they understand that, they're going to be on board. Hopefully. We <laughs> right now you. it's like policeman, veterinarian, like yep. all of those yep. things that are like highly recognizable. <laughs> yep. That is it. Entrepreneur <laughs> is a little harder to explain. And then yep. get back to me when they're ready for founder. Cause that's going to be a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. My daughter did tell me she wanted to be a unicorn when she grows up. And I don't know if you've seen the mermaid women, but I'm like, well, you could be a unicorn. You could actually go, go chase your dream girl. Go get it. I do. I do. <laughs> from what I, all right. I have a very limited understanding of this, but from what I understand, there's a whole subset of unicorn furries out there. So not recommending that for your kids, you know, I don't know. Maybe they did, you know, in like 30 years, maybe that'll be okay. But there are people who walk, who live life as unicorns. Like it happens. I'm headed to Google <laughs> after this. Okay. We're gonna, I, you know what? I feel like that would take you down a dark Google hole. I know. I'm like, <laughs> maybe not. Hmm. 
But at any rate, Ruth, thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with us on the show. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm glad that I can be here. Yeah, well, and we are very, very glad that you can be here, dear listeners. And we're very, very glad that we have the support of FullScale. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. And friends, we love that you listen to us week after week. We actually, we, we get really excited about it. It's, it's a little sad. Uh, but if you want to keep validating us, keep on coming back and listening. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Introduce us to new founders whose stories you want to hear. We this is a show by founders for founders, and we want to hear your feedback. So catch us at startuphustle.xyz, our website, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, but reach out. Never, never hesitate to share your ideas for shows, uh, guests, all of that good stuff. We definitely want to hear from you, and we want you to keep coming back to listen. Thanks so much, and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.